Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we are back on the road to Picard. We've Ooh, already exciting. It is. <laughs> We've already looked at Encounter at Farpoint, and we're going to take a look this week at a few more first season episodes, which I think it's fair to say they're a bit of a mixed bag, but... Yeah, some rope is some not very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The high point is ropey. No, there's, no, some, there's a couple of there's decent. some decent ones. So we'll see how we get to them. So um, we're going to start off with the battle, which is one of the first Picard-centric stories, really, in the season. Yeah, it shows us some of his uh, past history. Yeah, it's quite nice. And it this was when they were still doing this thing of trying to make the Ferengi the new Klingons for TNG. Yeah. It really didn't work. Yeah, DS9 it? got the Ferengi right, finally. They did. Like, and we, we've got to give that to DS9. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, you wouldn't have blamed them, like, if they'd have just abandoned the Ferengi after this, really. You know, yeah. Just give it up as a bad job. But DS9 took little bits of things about them and expanded on it and made them interesting but and funny yeah they were never they, <laughs> they, were, they were never ne- the baddies no they were never the threatening villain they were <laughs> meant to be because even in uh, Encounter at Firepoint you even had like hints of it like Droppler's yeah. armor going oh we'll do a deal with the, the Ferengi, Ferengi. <laughs> as if that's ooh, ooh. <laughs> and we this isn't their debut we've we've skipped the the debut in um, is it the last outpost? The last outpost. You first see the Ferengi. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say we're glad that we're skipping the last outpost. Yeah. Well, In the future, we might go back and look at it. Yeah, but if, if we do a feature on Ferengis or something. But yeah, so the battle, this is the second Ferengi episode and the first where we really kind of dig into Picard. So um, first of all, we're going to look at the story. So... Basically, we start, I'm going to use a technical term here, we start in medius res, which means the action's already started before we get in. So yeah. they've already met the Ferengi. The, they, they say, like, they've been there, is it three days or yeah. something? And you're like, what? What, what are they playing at? That just seems yeah. really silly. Yeah. Why have we... And they haven't contacted them, and Picard's already sort of stressed about it. And yeah. you'd think... Have they just been floating there? It's a really odd sort of setup. Like, for it. have scanned them and yeah, but they say there's been no communications. Yeah, like but... in the outpost, it's sort of established that the Ferengi ships probably got about the same power as the Galaxy class. Yeah, yeah. But I think we'll lose that later on, where the Ferengi are actually as strong as. No, they they do downplay them and yeah. they, they become more of a, a comedy thing don't yeah. they really but but at this stage we're still meant to think the Ferengi are a big threat and so this is very mysterious that they're, they're there for three days and everything and essentially it boils down to they're going to bring Picard the Stargazer back yeah they've got him a present yeah and it's his old ship and I like it's a new design, isn't it? The, yeah, the constellation. Yeah, the constellation. Yeah, they've not got. It's. I think it's one of the first sort of new. Yeah. Old because it's an old ship. Yeah. So they're sort of looking at motion picture era. Yeah, I like ships, what, but they've not used the motion picture era ship to no, design the new one. I like what they've done with the design. It, it, like you say, it looks like the 
the refit constitution and the Miranda class, yeah. but it's something brand new. How how does it rate on your scale of starships then? I really like the Constitution, the, yeah. Right. I think it's quite a cool little ship. Yeah, I think I like that it's it's the first one we see, I think, with four nacelles, which yeah, is Yeah, well cool. we've only ever had two nacelles before this. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's an interesting one. And basically the episode goes on Picard's sort of fixating on his on his past and he goes back over to the Stargazer and there's this really nice sort of like the soundtrack's really wistful it like yeah. gives you this sense of nostalgia and everything that well it felt the Stargazer had been destroyed yeah and it's it, I like that we're getting to see bits of him that we haven't seen before and bits of his past and everything Um, I think maybe do you think we see that box a villain too early like it, it's more or less straight away we get the scene with him with that yeah, yeah, Orby thing. Yeah, they do this quite a lot in sort of the first season where you you get a villain reveal very early. Yeah. On. There's no pent up tension about it. No, like we said this in the Encounter at Farpoint. Straight away, we knew there was something mysterious going on. With yeah, John when he goes on about the apples appearing. Yeah, it's in fact it's almost the same sort of beat that they use here it's like you you set it up with Picard going to the Stargazer then straight away you've got Bok and his little magic yeah. ball thing and it's obvious that something's going on and I think maybe maybe they could have played up a bit more of a, a mystery in yeah. this one rather than yeah they don't seem to have got that very good at the moment because it, it doesn't really serve anything doing it this early because Picard doesn't realise that he's a villain until later on well Picard doesn't realise he's a villain at all yeah so yeah so Riker doesn't realise <laughs> rather so it, it it doesn't yeah all it serves to do really is ruin it for the, yeah. us as the audience undermine the tension <laughs> yeah exactly um, and then the next bit is there's sort of this false log of Picard yeah. when he was on the Stargazer. And I think that he's opened fire in, in the first yeah. place. And I, I think even in the early stage, we know Picard well enough to know that this isn't going to be true. Yeah. And, like, it's it when Data examines it, it sounds like it's pretty evident immediately that it's a false yeah, it, log. It's sort of like, well, you've not even tried to disguise it. No. You've just sort of spliced bits of conversation together. Yeah, it's like... A, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose we've got better. He's my old C90, and I'll cut a few bits out of this one and take <laughs> yeah. it to this one. <laughs> he cut it off his answering machine or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, again, it's not... It's not a great twist in terms of like the intrigue or anything because no. I think we're invested enough in Picard at this stage that we're not gonna buy it. No. So it, yeah, and this is only early on in the yeah. first season. We already trust him as a captain. There's not there's nothing to distrust about any of our. No, there isn't. That's true. They're all characters. They're, they're all, all very sort of squeaky clean. They're probably only one that you could maybe go back and say, oh. Is there some doubt about it? Is it was something going to be developed with Worf having the Klingon on, on board? Yeah, that's true. And they do play with that, don't they? Is it Heart of Glory in season yeah. one where he meets the other Klingons? Yeah. And yeah, so again, I don't I don't think it cranks up the tension too much because we, we know it's just going to be a distraction and they're going to find out that it was fake and everything. But it, it sort of leads us to the end of the episode where 
Picard beams over to the Stargazer and he essentially attacks the Enterprise again. Yeah, he's, he's reliving the battle. Yeah, and he does this, the Picard manoeuvre, which you, I think is really cool. Yeah, you go to high warp and stop almost immediately, so because of light moving, yeah. you appear in two places at once. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That's really clever. And it's something I would have liked to have seen them maybe like have him use it in a battle at some point yeah. in the future. Like I always thought watching Nemesis that he was going to do it against Shinzon yeah. right at the end. And that would have made sense because Shinzon would have known about it because he's got Picard's mindset. And, well, what or, did, no, what did though? Because he's a clone and he's younger. So he, younger. Yeah, so he potentially has got the mindset that he could have come up with it. So maybe that would have been cool yeah. if Shinzon would have used it. Yeah. But Picard would have anticipated it because he knew. He knew the move. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen sort of a call back to it at some point. But I think the ending scenes, I think, are pretty effective. I like the the sort of Picard attacking the Enterprise and yeah. having to... Like, there's the bit where Riker says, is there a defence for it? And Data says, no. And he says, well, you need to make one. one. <laughs> and I think that's really cool. And then, obviously, it all gets sorted out. Yeah. Picard breaks the... Shoots the sphere and... Yeah. And gets it all sorted. And we're told that Box being arrested because it wasn't there was no profit in revenge. Yeah. So that that's what I meant early on about, you know, you do get hints of... Yeah, it's like... In fact, it's almost like early development of the Ferengi to what yeah. we now know. Exactly, yeah. That's very much what you'd see. Cause yeah. I, I was going to sort of put down in as one of my sort of lowlights of the episode. I was going to say, well, it doesn't make sense because there's no profit in revenge, but then at least they do address that. But he gets that. disposed at the end. Yeah, so I like that. It, it, it is true to what we see of the, the Ferengi later on. So that's that's basically the ins and outs of the plot. What what did you think overall to the, the storyline for this one, then? Like we said, they ruin the tension as it goes through. Yeah. It's a nice story because it gets it shows us some of Picard's past. Yeah. What he's been through in the past and his journey to becoming the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. That he's it, been a captain of another ship previously. Yeah, that's good because we didn't really get that with Kirk, do we? Kirk's like... Well, I think I think it's always assumed because Kirk's so young, he was that was, was his, his first command. His first command, yeah. So it's it it adds to this idea that Picard's a more seasoned yeah. sort of character. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think they do make mistakes in terms of the story, and it, it, they could have cranked up the mystery and cranked up the tension of it. But and I, I'm judging it on a gradient you know and judging it as a first season episode I think it's one of the better it's, yeah it's definitely one of the better like I remember when I bought the videos first time round yeah and this is one of them that I'd play more often than others yeah I mean this was one of the ones I watched them um, mostly I got them on rentals and they didn't release the full season they just sort of released I think the ones they thought were better yeah and so the fact that this one wound up on them videos probably means they thought it was a, a stronger episode yeah. than other ones. So it was quite weird when I got into Next Gen properly and realised, oh, they've only released half of them, and you know, right. finding out there's another half season out there of pretty <laughs> well, rubbish, I rubbish episodes. I assume that's what um, Blockbuster or whoever it was at the time decided that they'd put on rent. They yeah, oh, rent yeah. them all. 
I think that was it. I think, yeah, they were trying to make it look as good as they could. Yeah. So they, they picked and choose. And, yeah, this one was one of the better ones. I think what they might have done with this one is bunged it in with um, The Last Outpost. So you had, like, a, a two, a two, two for Ferengi. Yeah. So, yeah, it's okay. But let's yeah. let's switch then and look at the characters in a bit more depth. So Picard, then, we've talked a bit about... You know, we get to see his past and everything. I know throughout this episode, the whole thing is he's got a headache. Yeah, which and everyone's... It's really unusual to have a headache. Yeah. And, and so he's still showing a bit of sort of the short-tempered side of him that we saw in Encounter at yeah. Farpoint. But it might be in this episode because... Because he's in pain. Because he's in pain, <laughs> because he's irritable and everything. So I'm... We'll see how it pans out, whether we see more of that in later episodes. Because I think they sort of soften the edges of Picard a bit yeah, as we I go Yeah, I, I think as we go along, you can see that there's a lot of character development and things that the Trier's character development in Picard and other characters. Yeah. That, and, you get, and you do get that. Yeah. And I, th- I think the short-temperedness here isn't a character trait. I think it's more... A function of the plot rather yeah. than something that's going to be a part of him going forward um, I like the bit where he says to Beverly uh, why do doctors always say the obvious as though it's a revelation <laughs> and I think that's something everyone can relate yeah. to seems... well we see that going on for quite a while that is short with doctors oh yeah especially with Pulaski yeah we but... see a lot of that in season 2 yeah and then later on in the episode though I like that we get these scenes where he's sort of starting to question his sanity, and you know he's uh, you know yeah. is it me going mad or am I? Yeah, well, we're seeing flashbacks and all sorts of things. Is he and his old crew? And yeah, cause he he calls someone by the name of his old crew yeah. member, doesn't he, and stuff. And but I like that they're allowing the captain to be introspective enough to question it. And that's not detracting from him being the lead in the series or being the hero or anything. It's, again, things that... They played with it a bit like if you watch The Cage. Pike was quite introspective, but Kirk wasn't really like that until the movies, really. So, again, it's it's a different kind of captain. And I think think this is the area, really, where Patrick Stewart... Excels, you know, he's good at playing this kind of thing. He's a good, he's, well, he's he's a good actor. He does theatre a lot. Yeah. He's, so he's used to playing different characters and showing yeah. different emotions and different sides. But I think that's, you know, he brings that element to it that not everybody would be able to the, no. the sort of vulnerable side of it. And I think that's where we get more the Picard that we were going to see going forward. Um, Riker then we get a bit on him because we're gonna we're gonna cover basically the characters we think are gonna be a, yeah, a reasonable like, part of Picard. So yeah, there's characters that we know have been announced, and there's one or two that we think may yeah. have been kept quiet, but we'd be very surprised if they weren't brought back. Yeah, and Riker we know's gonna definitely be in, in it. it. So one thing that I picked up on in this episode, and it's something that. I think they pretty much drop after season one or they they play it down more. He seems to have this 
sort of almost comical like reverence for Picard yeah like whenever Picard says something you see Jonathan Frakes in the background just grinning and looking at him yeah as if he's like he's a god sort yeah. of thing and like he has the bit where he's talking about what happened on the Stargazer and Picard says well I did what any helmsman would do I did this that and Riker sort of looks and says did what any helmsman would do and he <laughs> grins and yeah as if it yeah it's it's, it's it's too much like, for me. Like I wonder if it's same um, partly because like Picard uh, picked Riker as a lieutenant mm. to become as his first officer. Yeah. And I wonder if it's partly that that he's still trying to Yeah. That he is in adoration of him still. Yeah, and, and you know, I've no I, I've no doubt, even you know, in hindsight, having seen all the next gen in the movies and everything Picard, de- uh, Riker definitely looks up to Picard, yeah. and that you'd expect that a first officer would. To yeah, that. he has lots of respect for Picard yeah, and, and trusts in him. That I'm absolutely fine with. I just think, and I don't know whether it's Frakes' acting or whether it's the script or what, but it, maybe it's when he got the beard, it covered it that, up. That's it. Yeah, he's still <laughs> grinning. <laughs> we just can't see it. But I don't know. It just seems a bit over the top and forced for me. I, I don't know. It's just a bit too much yeah, at this stage. I know what you mean. There's other, there's other elements of it in other parts of the season, and yeah, it it just borders on comical to my <laughs> mind. And uh, but I do like. There's the bit later on where Riker contacts the first officer of the Ferengi ship. Yeah, first officer. First officer. Yeah, and I think that's great. I, I like how. He's kind of going around the captain, yeah. going around the Ferengi captain, that is, not Picard. Well, he's also going around Picard in a way. Yeah, I suppose. Because he's realised that thing, something's wrong. Something's... Picard's compromised. Yeah. And I like that he's sort of giving a bit of gravitas to the role of first officer and saying, okay, we can talk about our captains in a more open manner than the rest yeah. of the crew can. And I like that he sort of tries to forge this bond, this almost solidarity between yeah. them so that they can work on it. And ultimately, it is the first officer. I've got a feeling that he does this a few times, actually, throughout the Yeah, I think gen. he does. And it, that's something I like about the character, yeah. that he realises what the strengths of a first officer over a captain are in some cases, because the, the first officer doesn't have to have the level of detachment that but a captain, captain does. does. Yeah. So I like that with Riker. Was there anything else character-wise that jumped out at you in this one before we move on to the well, universe? we've obviously got data again where he solves something that's unsolvable. Yeah. There's no defence. Yeah, he that's good. And he does it very quickly. So we're seeing his computing power again. Yeah. Do- well, we know we're not getting data back. Well, do we? <laughs> yeah, we can't get data back. Well, unless you listen to... Um, We've got unless you've read the autobiography of <laughs> yeah Captain Picard and then Q brings data back. But yeah, that's... I don't like that. That's yeah, they could have done it so much better. Than yeah, that. but so we've we've got either law or we've got B four with data's memory engrams, which could be data coming back that way, which would make or sense. A, another suggestion has been a hollow program of data. No, because we see um, the drawers being opened with him. All, oh, that's all true. Parts. Yeah, we do so see. We know it's, it's something. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's, we've got to assume it's B4 or law. And, yeah, so, like you say, we get data's, in a lot of way, going through the motions yeah. in this one. You know, he's showing his capabilities, showing that he's 
very intelligent that he can do things other yeah. people can't but there's not a lot in the way of development for him no i mean we get that later on and we get a lot gonna, of development we're going to explore that as we on. go um who else have we got we don't get a lot from marina no troy troy's very under i mean i think she's underserved generally in the next gen overall but it does get better yeah but the the first season they really don't do a lot with her no I mean, there's the episode, is it Haven, where she's going to get married and everything, but that's a fairly painful episode. Yeah, it's, there's... But yeah, the, there's not a lot beyond Picard no. and Riker, I think, in this one. So let's look at um, what this one brings to the Trek universe then. Because at this stage, we are still bringing in new concepts and developing things. Yeah, it's... And one of the things I noticed, and I think we do have it in the original series, but it's outright stated here, is that the Doctor is the only person that can order the Captain. Yeah. And I like uh, that. Yeah, it... I've, that is established in the, first se- in the original series. Yeah. But I'm glad that there's still... Yeah. ...holding true to that. It's good, and it's something that can be used as a dynamic for drama later down the line. Yeah. It's it's good to have something in there that the captain is not infallible and can be overridden yeah. for medical reasons. Though, I did think Crusher more or less drugs him here without... She doesn't say, I'm going to give you this shot. She just yeah, does she, it and then says, yeah. oh, you'll feel, t- you'll feel tired now. <laughs> and he's away, so, hmm. Not quite sure about that, but... So that's one element. And then... Another one is they're talking about headaches and the common cold, and Dr. Crusher basically says they don't exist the, anymore. Yeah, the people do get headaches, but it's very uncommon, and, yeah. and it's a symptom of something major. Yeah, and the common cold is done yeah. with, pretty much, which, funnily enough, it was in the news this week uh, that scientists somewhere have developed this thing they think can cure the common cold. Oh, the pharmaceutical companies work like that. Oh no, they, it'll never get. And it, it's not got to the stage of human testing yet. Yeah. But apparently they've isolated something. So I just thought that was interesting yeah. that we watched this episode this week and that's been in the news. The Ferengi, I mean, we've talked about them a little bit, but they, they're basically presented here as pretty stupid, pretty childish, pretty silly. Yeah. It's. When they're giving the. Stargaze to be guarded is that what for no profit? Yeah, really? there's this sort of bickering and infighting yeah. with them. But so, then again we do see that actually We do. That's really developed as a as a general character trait of the Ferengi. Yeah, it is. I think the problem is we've got this tension between the Ferengi we're gonna have in DS9, which is the, the profit driven Yeah. But we've had them set up as like the could be like the guns be the new big bad from encountering yeah, Farpoint and the last outpost. and It, it doesn't work. They're just not intimidating. Yeah, and like they've already got rid of the stupid uh, laser whips. Oh, yeah, the laser whips. Though I think in one episode, I'm pretty sure Quark says that he had one or he's yeah. got one or something. So, But yeah, I mean, the laser whips are cool when you got the action figures because it was a cool accessory for an yeah, action but, figure. But other than that, yeah, they're pretty bad. Um. They do make a reference to clothed females. Yeah. And so that's something that is a big thing. Yeah. Going forward. And again, 
Riker's just sort of grinning at this. He seems to find this really <laughs> funny that that's what the Ferengis are into. But So that's kind of pretty much what we get for the Ferengi at this yeah. stage. The Constellation ship, they do refer to it as old style, which I like. So, I mean, we recognise it as old style, so it's from the movies, but it's... Yeah, but it's, it has, it's got that, it's got sort of a movie interior yeah. bridge. I'm trying to think, it is from one of the ships of one of the movies. It I can't does remember look which one like it, is. it, I couldn't quite place it. I can't it. remember which one it is, but it, it has been in the movies. Yeah, it's a very familiar. Um, it would have been Star Trek Four, I think. So, so we could have it could be Saratoga. It, it could be, or it could be like a redress of the Enterprise Aid Bridge. Or yeah, something. I've got a feeling it might be from Saratoga. Yeah, but I like the fact that when they call it old style, it's it's showing us that Starfleet has moved on in the way it designs yeah. the ships. You know, we've gone from the very angular sort of straight nacelles to. The much more rounded, more sleek, with the streamlined, the red buzzard collector and the the blue sort of shine to the warp engines and everything. So it's acknowledging. Well, we, we did have that blue shine in the movies. Oh yeah, when we got to the Excelsior, yeah. yeah. And the actual original designs for the TOS, it should have had the lit nacelles. Oh it yeah, going just, right back. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry wanted to put them on there. It was literally a technology and a cost restraint of the sixties. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're sort of seeing it realised in Discovery now with the the Disco Prize is yeah. more what they were going for there. Um, we mentioned the Picard manoeuvre. I like that there's this thing of we name manoeuvres after the first people first who person, did them. Which seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, it absolutely does. And you do get this in other series, like they'll say, um, do evasive sequence Kirk... Omicron six or well, whatever, and they do that a lot. And evasive maneuver, Riker, Delta, yeah, and, yeah. And it's obviously the programmed in a lot of maneuvers beforehand. Yeah. And then something that I picked up on as well, which I thought was really interesting and quite sort of progressive for when this episode was made. Um, Doctor Crusher says that Picard's under emotional pressure and that's causing his headaches. So they're acknowledging mental health issues in a quite direct way, well, which... They did... Well, that's why Councillor Troy was on there. It was a lot oh, of this yeah. in the 80s. They're really looking at that. That's why you had the councillor suddenly on there and, and all that. It was a very funny time. I mean, it's something that we... We tend to think that it's only now, really, that we're acknowledging mental health... In the same way that we're acknowledging, you know, physical health Possibly issues. Possibly in this country, but I think in America there were... Maybe so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose in the 80s, counselling was yeah. a, a fairly big thing. But I found that quite refreshing to look back and yeah, notice that, that there were already... Was, like, you wouldn't have seen it in TOS. No. Not in the slightest bit. Not referred to as such in the no, same way. No, and you didn't get it in the movies. I mean, you do have episodes like metamorphosis where Kirk's sort of fixated on a disaster that happened on his old ship oh yeah it's, but it's never said this is a mental health issue no. it's it's just a story that he's going yeah, the through doc, like you had it like McCoy was the doctor the psychiatrist he was yeah, all yeah. these roles and you have that in the cage as well so yeah. he, I, that doctor he says um, 
you tell your bartender things you wouldn't tell your doctor or what have <laughs> yeah. you. But, but yeah, I, I just found it quite interesting that they're acknowledging that in such a, an open way at this stage. So finally then, shall we look at highlights and lowlights of the episode. One of my highlights was... I watched these on Netflix, which have got the same HD master that the Blu-rays have, and it just looks fantastic. It like, does. The ships look amazing. Do I noticed that actually? Because I'm rewatching it, well, not just for these. I'm rewatching the yeah. whole thing at the moment, and it does look so much nicer than it did originally on Absolutely, TV. Absolutely, yeah. videos. I think they've done an incredible job with it. Um, I liked seeing Picard's past. Yeah, like, it, it is. It's a nice thing that the so early on in it they're bringing up yeah they're going back and they're giving the characters depth and the, it makes the universe feel sort of more lived in like yeah. we've not just wandered into this story and these characters have sprung out of thin air fully formed yeah. they, they've got a past and they've got a backstory yeah, it is, but it's giving the whole thing depth and yeah and I really liked that what else did you pull out of this one then uh, I think we've pretty much covered most of it. We've gone over like the ships, old old style ships, which is nice. The the throwback, yeah. Developing the universe further, being so early on, being willing to develop the character with his history. Yeah. What about low lights? Then is there a, um, anything that jumped out? There's nothing glaringly bad apart from like we've. We've touched on the Ferengi. Yeah. Well, there was one more thing with the Ferengi that I noticed that was when they're communicating with the ship, it's just a white background. Yeah. And it's clearly that they've not built a set for the Ferengi for bridge. The, yeah, I never actually clicked Which on that. Which is fine, but it just looks silly when you're watching it and yeah. you're thinking, so have they just got this room that's just white that they go to think? Or, I mean, this is really maybe doing it more of a service than it deserves, but it could be that the Ferengi don't want people stealing their technology, so they just put up a white screen yeah. so you can't see onto the bridge. But I, I don't think that's the intent. But, um, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me if someone suggested that somewhere. And also, the other thing I didn't like was when Wesley comes in, he's talking to Crusher and Troy, and then they walk off and he says, you're welcome, ladies. <laughs> Adults, yeah, it's, it's just so whiny. I well, mean, he is whiny, he's crusher. He is. He gets a lot of bad press, but, but you can see why he gets a lot of well, bad that's press it. when you actually it's look mo- back on them. It's moments and like a, that, and a lot of the bad press stems from him in the first season. I think it does, yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, Wesley's a very maligned character, but it's. I get why people are annoyed that the kid always saves the day, yeah. And, and then stuff like this really don't help him, bless him. No, it don't. And I, I don't think it's Will Wheaton's performance. I think he's doing no, a good I job with what he's no, given. Yeah, it's not Will Wheaton's <clears throat> performance. It's it's the character of Wesley. Yeah. It, it's an awful character. I, 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 I had a bit of a soft spot for the character of Wesley because I was about his age when this was first on, so... I related to him, but I find him far more irritating now yeah. as an adult than it I is, did back like, then. He's this 15, 16-year-old kid, and he's better than all these high-trained <laughs> yeah. Starfleet officers on the flagship. Yeah, it's a, a weird And not one. just in one one area, but all sorts of different areas. Yeah. Oh, I've been... 
we're coming up to it later, but um, with the holodex, oh, I've been reading upon that. Oh, yeah, he's he's far better than me. Yeah. What? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, not Wesley's finest hour. But um, okay, so that that's the battle. Let's move on then to the next episode. So the next one we're going to look at is Hide and Q, which is the first reappearance of Q after the pilot. Yeah, like, we have no confirmation John DeLacy is going to be in Picard. No. But I, like I said last week, I'd be very upset if he wasn't and disappointed. I, really, I think he might. And, and I think he's the perfect character. Like, we know Picard's disillusioned, left Starfleet. Yeah. He's on his vineyard and... Q would be the ideal person to go give him a kick up the backside. Yeah. And get yourself. And John Delancey's been a lot more sort of active on social media and stuff recently. I don't know if that if there's anything we can read into that. Mm. Um, but he seemed I seem to be seeing a lot of articles talking about yeah. him and referencing Q and things. So I don't know. It's pure speculation, but I'd like to see him. So. The story of this one, then, we start, again, pretty much in the middle of the action. The Enterprise is already on its way to a rescue mission. Q turns up, captures them again, same dealers. Yeah, same fast fields. And same sort of thing again, like, he's, he's basically making proclamations until... Riker mentions games and then Q jumps on that like yeah. he did with Picard about the trial he said oh a trial that's a good yeah. idea oh games games yeah. let's do a game so that's it's sort of carrying on the way Q works and everything we find out that he's given Riker the power of the Q and he manipulates him yeah. into using it down on the planet and we'll we'll get to what goes on on the planet a little bit later but um so, bare bones of the story is he, he gets him to use it. They go back to the Enterprise. We have some aesthetically not pleasing aliens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> then they go back down to the planet and Riker saves them all using yeah. his powers. He has a chat with Picard. Picard makes him promise not to use it. And as a result of this, he can't save a little girl yeah. on a rescue mission. They have a big chat with the bridge queue, uh, bridge crew, and Riker basically decides he don't want to join the queue after all. Yeah, and that's that's that basically in terms of the story. What what do you think then, just from a story level and how this one works? Um, I always thought this was a strange episode. It's testing Riker this time, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. You failed against Picard testing him. So you're picking on Riker. Yeah. They beam them down. The phasers work at first, so they're up against muskets with these aliens. Yeah. So it's not going to be that hard, I wouldn't have thought. It's... It, it is strange, yeah, when you you look at it. I mean, I, this was one of my favourites when I was a kid. Um, but I think because I really liked Riker as a character, and right. it's, it's a Riker episode... I don't know, but like you say, the whole setup is bizarre. Like, yeah, why are we doing Napoleonic soldiers, yeah. but then we're making them into these weird 
alien things. Yeah. And yeah, why have they got muskets, but the muskets are actually lasers. lasers and it, yeah, it don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's like when Picard has stated to to explain to describe them, he just goes. I don't think you'd find it aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. It's like, what kind of an answer is that to you, Captain? Well, <laughs> when Worf describes them to Riker, he says, they're more like vicious animal things. Like, yeah. well, what does that mean? Yeah. I like the sort of central premise of Q's offering this power. Yeah. And do I take it or don't I? And what are the implications of that? Um, I think the way Picard handles it is something I'm not as keen on because he's just so completely negative about it from the start. He's yeah. like, you will get corrupted, you will do this, you must not use the power. Yeah, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And I, I just think it, it doesn't fit with what we know of Picard later on. I would have thought he would have wanted to find out more and to explore it a little yeah. bit more. It, it just seems that he's taking a very sort of definite stance on it, where that... well. Like, is it public? Is it knowledge to captains and all that? What's happened with in the past, like from the events of where no one has gone before? Ah, uh, I would guess, yeah. yeah with so like the, Gary Mitchell, yeah, and with Gary Mitchell. So they know what godlike powers can be like. Yeah, so I mean, so, he's sort of maybe look if he's fully aware of that sort of thing. It could be, yeah. It just seems, and also it's a huge jump for someone to take on something like that. Yeah, I don't... And also, we had Charlie X as well. Oh, we did, I mean, so yeah. we've had... There's precedent that when humans have been given these powers, that every time they've abused them. Oh, yeah. So you can see why Picard said have that answer. I can see why he's got reservations, but I just feel like he's a bit too militant in it. It just seems... Mm. He, he almost becomes adversarial with Riker yeah. straight away, and it, it just seems... A little too much. I mean, that's a good segue, really, to go into looking at the characters. But you've so. also got of how Riker starts immediately addressing Captain Picard. Oh, he's straight away calling him Jean-Luc. And yeah, and I think, again, I, I think the arc of that is overdone because Riker does take on this arrogant sort of stance straight away. Like, he stood with his arms... When he, when he saves yeah. them off the planet... When they reappear on the bridge, he's like there with his arms folded, looking really smug. And yeah, it, 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 to me, it's maybe a little bit fast the development there. Yeah, but then you see why Picard's immediately you doing do. that. Absolutely, yeah. power corrupts absolutely. And I think that's the moral of the story. Oh, it is that definitely. It, it has a root, and and it's literally thrown in your face. Oh yeah, the they're not beating around the bush <laughs> with it. But so let's look at what we get of Picard's character then. So. Straight away, um, he's angry again, but this time he's angry with Q, which makes a lot of sense. And this is something, it, every time yeah. Q turns up, he's always annoyed yeah. to see him. So that's that's fine. Um, I like the amount of faith he puts in Riker. Like he says to Q, oh, you're testing Riker. Well, he'll defeat you yeah, just as just I, I did. did. So I like that he's got that much faith in, in, his, first in his first officer in Riker at this, this stage. Is- this is a very early episode. This is about the fourth, ep- fourth or fifth episode. Yeah, I think it's a little bit further on, but yeah. I know it's, it's not, very early. It is. It's first half of the first season, yeah. yeah. And I, I like the bit where we get sort of Picard's kind of first dalliance with Shakespeare. Like, we get them having a bit of a quote off of yeah. Shakespeare. And I think... We I, also see a bit of the caring side of uh, 
Picardy when Tashiar gets put in the yeah. punishment. Yeah, the yeah punishment that. zone. So she's on the bridge. If someone else gets moved, she's going to be killed. And yeah, she, and she starts crying. And is there you're allowed to cry when you? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. There is like a tenderness to yeah. him that we haven't seen as much of. Um, again, he's putting forward like his argument for humanity against Q, and this is something we've seen before and we'll see again with yeah. Picard. Um, he uses his Shakespearean quotes and everything, which is sort of real-life classing with fiction, isn't it, really? Yeah. Patrick Stewart's well, background. Yeah, like, obviously, he already had quite a, a big filmography, but oh, yeah. not as... It wasn't hugely known. No. It, when you look back now, you think, oh, there's Patrick Stewart, oh, there's Patrick yeah. Stewart, oh, there's Patrick Stewart. But the time he like did Like in Excalibur, he's in that. He's in Excalibur, he's in June and, June and all sorts. Life Force. Yeah. But it was predominantly, this at the time of Star Trek, known as a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that that's coming into it. And it, it feels more natural here with Picard being into Shakespeare than like in... Star Trek Six, where you get General Chang says to Kirk, "Ah, what would your favourite author say?" So, hang on, what Kirk's? Yeah, Shakespeare's Kirk's favourite author? I, I don't think yeah. so. I thought I don't know, I don't know what books Kirk. Maybe it's just for. something that Klingons assume. It's maybe a racial stereotype. Yeah, that we all like. Yeah, yeah maybe all humans yeah, must like Shakespeare. It's possibly a racial stereotype. Well, Shakespeare does seem to be the only author that's broken the Klingon mark. Yeah, so much so that they claim him for their own. So. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's that. Or maybe it's Starship Captains all have to like Shakespeare. <laughs> um, we've talked maybe a little... Maybe required learning at Starfleet Academy. Well, it should be. If we've got to do it now, they should have to do it in the future. <laughs> um, we talked about like the, the worrying about Riker. Though he does kind of extend that out and he talks about, you know, if all of humanity was offered this gift, what would that mean for the human race? And I can... That, I think contextualizes a little bit because he is thinking you know maybe the best of the best starfleet people could handle it but your average person on the street yeah it, it what would, would they do chaotic um and then again just his his confidence in Riker that he'll overcome him and everything leads us into looking at Riker and i think we get a lot of good stuff from Riker in this one like to begin with, he's he wants to find out more about Q. Like yeah. he realizes they're in this situation, but he's like, "I'm going to use it to yeah, try so and learn." He sits down with him, he, and like he makes the comment, "Like you, Grand Marshal," and he's like, "Well, yes, because it outranks an admiral." Yeah, <laughs> and then, as we said, like the the way the power corrupts him, I think it is too quick. Like he. He suddenly looks really smug, and as you yeah. say, he calls him Jean-Luc and all yeah. this business. And like I say, like it's a 42-minute episode, so mm. you don't have a long time to do these things. No. So when, he, when you're doing a big moral, like, and this is a big moral story, yeah, it, is. it does, they do end up slapping you in the face with them. Yeah, it's like the bit where... And I don't think, and it's not just Star Trek that's guilty of it. No, lots it's not. Of, lots of shows do it. Absolutely. And I think the bit where they beam down to the planet and he can't save the girl and he says, no, I'm bound from that by a promise. And it's just a bit, it's a bit much. Um, at the end, it's almost like 
he seems when he starts on the bridge bit that he's pretty much committed to joining the, the yeah. crew. You know, he's saying goodbye basically. He's saying his goodbyes and and like give a gift. So Pat, so Jean Luc Picard said, "Yeah, I, I encourage you to give everyone yeah. a gift." And it's his choice of gifts is. I mean, it's a bit bizarre. Like, well, actually, no. If you think about it, Jordan with sight. That one makes sense. I'll give you that. Data keeps going on wanting to be human. We see that right the way through. Yeah, okay. Like, it doesn't turn Data human. Data re- it refines it, but yeah. Wesley to be grown up. I'm not sure that one follows. Uh, I, don't, I, mm, I don't know. Because, I mean, no, Wesley realises, doesn't no, he? He's yeah, like, but, rather... I, but Wesley gets <clears> checked tre- tre- like a child. And he, and he does have super intelligence and all that. True. And, he, and I think he does feel like he's treated like a child and he knows chances and people would listen if he wasn't uh, yeah, a child. So seeing can... it from that perspective, yeah, maybe it's... I can see Worf with the Cleon woman is just weird and wrong on a lot of levels. <laughs> Basically, I've made you a sex slave. Like, okay. okay. Right. Like, that's <laughs> wrong on the level that Riker thinks that's yeah. a perfect gift. Riker thinks that's, and he, he thinks it's appropriate. Like, he could have at least said, he could have done his whooshy thing, and we could have had the light, and he could have said, when you get back home tonight, Wolf, there's something waiting for you. Don't so just put her on the bridge. <laughs> you know, it's, ooh. It, I don't think they'd do that in the post-Me Too generation. No. You know? I don't think we'd... Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, it was really. Yeah. I don't really like it. And then there's that bit where well, some, it's like, where's Riker got this insight into all yeah. that? His greatest desire is a Klingon woman, a sex Klingon slave. woman who's yeah, just. And then they say, "Wharf, is this your idea of sex?" He says, "This is sex." Like, so you just admitting. So basically, you are saying you are now having sex on the bridge of the ship. What? But Riker has also decided this is the best thing to give yeah, him. Yeah, that's the best. So he's going to get him sacked if that... If Wolf's not, greatest wish is to have sex on the bridge of the on Enterprise the bridge of the in Enterprise. front of everyone. In front of everyone, yeah. Okay, if that's what Riker says. Maybe he doesn't know Wolf as well as he thinks he does. So yeah, that one's an interesting one. Um, let's move on from Riker and his gifts then. Look at the things we learn about the Star Trek universe in this one. The Q have now taken an interest in humanity. Yeah. Q says that after Farpoint, we're now interested because you managed to pass the test there. I think it's the first mention of the Q continuum, by name at least. He says, like, a place I come from in in Cameron at Farpoint, but... No, it's the Q continuum. Yeah. So we're getting that nailed down now. We're getting our terminology sorted out. Um, he says that humans might evolve past, past Q, Q themselves, yeah, which, which is why the Q are taking in the Yeah, interest. I like that. Cause that that adds to. Which also, this is possibly why he's giving Riker the power. Just yeah. To see how how the whole see how they would cope with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose if you look at it. If you look at it going back to Encounter at Farpoint, if Q's agenda was to stop humanity spreading out into the galaxy, if he's still got that agenda, presumably his plan is give Riker the power, he'll get corrupted by it, and then I can go back to the continuum and go, no, they need to be restrained because yeah. this is what happens when you you do it. 
And this does tie into um, all good things. You know, Q does say your real journey is learning about existence, not the yeah. stars. And so I like that. That's concepts coming in early that are going to get followed through Full on. Yeah. And I like this idea of the Q envy something about humanity. There's, it's We've talked about it loads of times. You know, in the motion picture, Vija needs something that's fundamentally human in order to be better. And Spock, it's his human half that allows him to be as exceptional as he is, rather than his Vulcan half. And there is this idea that there's something fundamentally... Yeah, it's that we are... Great about humanity. Yeah, it's like we're racially superior throughout the galaxy. Yeah, just Which is actually fairly arrogant when you think about it. It is, but it, it's something that you get a lot in science fiction and yeah, fantasy. Yeah, like spirit. In, yeah, in um, Lord of the Rings, you know, they talk about it's men that will defend yeah. us, even though they're physically inferior to elves. There's something about men, men. that will allow them to defeat yeah. Sauron. And Doctor Who, the Doctor's like, humanity, there is something about you that... Yeah is worth fighting for and everything so I like that idea and it's something that keeps coming up and it it's very Roddenberry-esque in that it's yeah it's very optimistic and everything and I thought what I'd do at this stage because we're going to be coming back to Q later on in the road to Picard just to keep a track of what guises he takes in this episode so he's an Aldebaran serpent which we took to be his true form at first at first yeah <laughs> he's a Starfleet Admiral He's a Napoleonic general. No, Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal, sorry. And he's a monk, bizarrely, <laughs> at the end. So we'll keep track of them as we go through the other Q episodes. Um, yeah. So, highlights have, for this have episode. Have you made a note of the ones that he is from Encounter at Firepoint, then? I'll have to go back and do that. So we have the quite judge. There's the judge, there's the guard who's on there's, drugs, yeah, or whatever he is. 1950s American oh, yeah, general. General. Who's smoking a cig on the bridge of the Enterprise, which, which was perfectly okay to do in the eighties on TV. Yeah, yeah, you get away with that. <laughs> um, yeah, the general, Starfleet captain, I think in that one. Even does he appear as Data in that one? He turns. Oh, that's yeah. this episode, in fact, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I need to add Data to the list. Yes. Yeah, he has a lot. Plays a lot of different people. He does. He likes dress up. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a good cosplayer. <laughs> so highlights of this one then. Um. I like any episode with Q, I tend to enjoy. Right. I think Q's just good fun. Right, and not just through Next Generation, I like him in when his appearances in DS9. Oh, yeah. And he, his appearances in Voyager. He's, the only one I don't like in Voyager is that Q Civil War one, where it's the literal American Civil War. <laughs> I think that one's awful, but we'll get to that yeah. one in due course. Um, I like the bit where... Picard says, you seized my vessel, and they have a, and Q says, seized my, my vessel. vessel. Seized my yeah. vessel. <laughs> I like that banter between them. Um, I like the bit where Worf pours away the drink on the planet. Yeah, they all give him what drink they yeah. want. And... <laughs> He's really angry, and he just pours it away. I like the bit you mentioned with Yar. We get a bit of character yeah. development for Yar. Um, and... I like old Wesley Crusher, who is so not what Will Wheaton looks not like now. Not in little bit, is it? No. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't get that right in... No, they didn't, <laughs> bless them. What about uh, pl- low points, then? Um, 
low points I've already said how they describe the aliens. <laughs> the animal things. An- the either animal things, fierce animal-like things, or the aesthetically unpleasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not good for your report. Oh. Imagine someone back at Starfleet, like... Yeah, you know, I want you to draw a picture of what you think these look like from Captain Picard's report. <laughs> Vicious animal things. Um, I don't like the title, Hide and Q. Because it's, it's not a pun, it don't work. Hide and seek, yeah. hide and Q. What? Like The rest of them, I think, are pretty good. Like Deja Q, that works. Yeah. Cupid, that works. Q-less, works. Yeah. Q-who. True Q. You yeah, know, we have quite a... They all work, but this one doesn't. Hide and Q. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, it doesn't affect the episode, but it's just a rubbish title. Um, it's something that'll be in a state of flux, but the Admiral uniform is terrible with that big gold sash. Yes. They'll go through a few iterations of the Admiral's yeah, uniform. Yeah, they get it right and, eventually. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like that at this stage. Other than that, I think, my main low point, and we've already mentioned it, was Worf's sex slave. So <laughs> I don't think we need to say any more no, on that bit. one. So yeah, that's hide and cue. So it was one of my favourites as a kid. Not quite as much now. Yeah, and it's like let's be fair. Season one is. If it was made nowadays, it'd no. been cut. Yes, no chance. It, it'd be cut. But yeah, we are. Hide and Q is a decent episode in a really bad season. Yeah, it's still watchable today. I mean, it's not going to make anybody's top ten next gen episodes, no. but it's fine for what it was and when it came and everything. And like you say, it's always good to see Q. Um, so I think that'll be where we'll leave it for the road to Picard this, this week, week, and yeah. we'll pick up. With a couple more season two episodes, season one rather episodes. Season one and going into season two. Yeah, we'll pick up on those. So if you want to get in touch with us, if you've got any thoughts on the show, um, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. We're on email, RetrekPod at gmail.com. And if you search for us on Facebook, you should find the Retrek group. You're welcome to come and join us there. If you're enjoying the show, We'd like to ask if you could please leave us a rating on whichever podcast podcatcher you use. That'll help us to get the word spread out there. But for now then, thank you for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. See you later.